0: week and said, you know, Fox News,
1: CNN, picking up Alex Jones's conspiracy theory, everybody
0: knows, that's another cliche, but it really is true, that elites kill their own family members, marry their horses, uh, dress up like werewolves and tear children's throats out, sacrifice children on fiery altars, bloody altars, have giant wars, uh, make everyone worship them as God, and then become so psychopathic, they commit suicide. Hold job i'm proud of you for staying up here <laughs> literally i've seen that happen nine times out of ten goes to canner they're like oh this is Ooh, she was ready that time oh
1: you're my bad bitch aren't you yeah you're awful but i love you Uh huh. Welcome back to another episode of the Humor and the Abject Podcast, you equestrian-inspired, speed-cruising screedlers. This is Staffan Lee, the podcast studio manager. A horse is a horse. Is a horse. Of course. It's the famous Let's Get This Bread.
0: I am going to scream so hard that my bones rip out my butt. Get a clue. We are back and better than ever with a new episode for your daily commute. Fuck the L train. Try riding a horse to work.
1: Let's turn it over to your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney.
2: I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode 86 of the Humor in the Abject podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. If you didn't catch it this month on the humor in the abject drip account, I launched a monthly lottery where subscribers can win their very own custom sound collages like the one you just heard. October's winner was OK Fox and Lucia Love from the Art and Labor podcast, who just so happened to have also been guests on episode 79 of this very podcast about a month or so ago. Now, that does sound like it was rigged, but I swear to God, it wasn't. I posted a video publicly of the drawing on Drip, of that lottery drawing. So go to it if you don't believe me. If you are interested, sign up for just five bucks a month and get yourself a chance to win one of those sound collages. I've also added a new Screedler Adjacent subscription tier at just two bucks a month on Drip. It doesn't get you access to anything exclusive, but it will help you sleep at night knowing that you're showing support for... Hundred plus hours of content that you've enjoyed from Humor and the Abject. So head on over to d.rip/slash the abject. That's d.rip/slash humor and the abject. Let's get into this week though. My guest is comedian and artist Alex Schmidt out of New York City, New York State. She works in ceramics, quilting, performance, sculpture, video, and dare I say it, relational aesthetics and comfortably straddles the world of both comedy and contemporary art. That's kind of a theme on this show. She's also an awesome educator. You've seen her work at MoMA PS1, The Kitchen, Performa, and American Medium. And if you haven't seen any of those places, you can see it right now at Leslie Lohman Museum on Wooster Street in New York, where you can get your solo exhibition, Group Fail Pony Play, on view through the 28th of this month. Now, this Thursday of this week, October 25th, Schmidt is teaming up at the show with Black and Pink for a very cool, very important event that I encourage you to attend. We get into that on the episode, so why don't we just get into the episode already? Here's my conversation with Alex Schmidt. Okay, Alex Schmidt, welcome to Humor in the Abject. Thanks for joining me today.
0: Thanks for having me, Sean Patrick Carney.
2: Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Um, Now, I've seen you described as a comedian who makes sculptures. When did you start doing comedy? And could you give me a description of your approach? What kind of comedian are you?
0: I think I did comedy. I mean, when I was a kid, I would Uh make like fake horror movies about the babysitter going missing or like spoofs on um like about the disney channel Mm
1: -hmm. so i feel
0: like i've always been a comedian but um i really got my new york start at comedy i did improv in college too i got my new york start at comedy doing this surreality tv web series called sad girls club Uh uh-huh that american medium uh helped with and then
2: i remember hearing about that yes
0: that was so fun and intimidating that then I was like I need to get better at this Mm -hmm. so then I started taking classes at UCB and have been going more with it since then
2: yeah um and but you also you have a background in art if I am correct here you graduated in 2009 from Reed uh with a BA in art history Mm -hmm. were you also making work or just canonizing it (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh i was making work i was in the improv group there and i was strangely like making quilts but uh which is like what's in the work i'm making now yeah um i was definitely making a lot of performance art like i did a performance where i was i walked naked across campus and then got into a bathtub full of 2000 goldfish <laughs> uh <laughs> i don't that, know and <laughs> does 2000
2: goldfish fill a bathtub up a lot i don't know i, I don't thought have a it good, would yeah. but it
0: actually doesn't really make a dent
2: <laughs> i can't like... do i can't do like spatial volumes and things like that yeah I, I really like... wanted
0: it to be thick with goldfish <laughs> um it was pretty bad at an animal rights level because as a t- 19 year old person i had no plans for what would happen with the goldfish afterwards okay um, yeah i'm you know i made it with others so our decision was communally collectively bad Mm -hmm. to do
2: to to do that um (laughs) did you ever do read arts week
0: i i was the raw i was the person i was the coordinator
2: oh no shit i was the
0: ceo of read arts week
2: wait when 2009 wow yeah. I think I might have performed at it in like 2000, probably like 13 or something. So it would have that's been cool. after your tenure, but yeah, that's pretty fun. I I yeah. can't believe we were. I mean, that's the same year that I graduated from PNCA in Portland, and I mean, we had to have crossed paths in Portland at some point or something. But because the art scene's not that big, I mean, there's only so many people. Um, oh, yeah <laughs> did did you do anything ever with Portland Institute for Contemporary Arts Time Based Arts Festival?
0: Yes, I was the intern in 2007, the performance art intern. Um, It's funny because, again, it was like a while ago, and I feel like when I was interning in my 20s, which I did like every art internship you can think of, Uh I was such... like so thirsty to just work for free were you did you say
2: you were such a hoe
0: I was gonna say I was like I was like an intern hoe like (laughs) I don't think I saw any of the performances but I was like everybody's bitch and I remember crying because somebody like got mad at me for not using InDesign and like I was just working so many hours for free for all these things um because I loved performance art
2: You wanted to support the arts.
0: I really, really wanted to support the arts.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I did too. That's cool though. I feel like the, I mean, the time-based arts festival, I probably, 2007 was the first time that I went to it, I think. Yeah. Cause that's when I started school in Portland and that was, Mm -hmm. uh, that was the first time that I really saw people doing really comedic stuff in contemporary art and I got really excited. I mean, it was, uh. It was a great, great selection of stuff, specifically like Reggie Watts at it. I think the first time I saw Reggie, I was just kind of like, oh, oh, you can do both of these things.
0: I think that's something that you and I have in common in a major way is like, I don't really know how to explain to anybody that like, I'm like a comedian and an artist and it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that I'm only making like comedy art or something, but I feel like I'm just actually existing in both worlds and both social circles and sometimes they overlap like and it makes sense so that sometimes it just like on a branding level would make no sense to do both things or something you know like it's not consistent those are it'd be like i'm i'm a chef and i'm like (laughs) a really famous rock and roll musician it made sense like doing (laughs) like bruce high quality it feels like That's like I, you know, tackle to that debate there, and you guys seem to do a lot of that kind of like in the middle stuff. But
2: there's a lot of people I feel like who I think we're probably both fond of that they could really take their stuff into either one of those contexts. They could be performing in a museum or a club, and I think it would fit naturally in both. But I imagine it's. These are most of the people that I think of like that tend to be people who um, first and foremost think of themselves as comedians and just the art world like really likes to embrace them. It is Uh a little bit different when you're coming from a background in art to also sort of present yourself as like and I also do comedy because I think a lot of (laughs) I think a lot of people understandably so perceive uh, so much of like, I do art, but also this is that kind of artist is amateur thing, you know, where it's kind of like, I'm an artist, but I also make really bad Google SketchUp interiors mm-hmm. or something. But, <laughs> but I think Does you somebody be... do that? No, I don't know. I was trying to think <laughs> of I was trying to grasp for something that wouldn't sound like I was calling somebody out. And that was the thing that I could think of that. Didn't, yeah, I can't pinpoint that to any individual. Um, exactly. But Do you think that you take your cues sort of in your approach to comedy more from art stuff than mainstream stand-up or you're just kind of pulling stuff out of the ether?
0: (laughs) No, I think I'm like, I think that my comedy is like, and a lot of like, like this video I just made is like, I don't know. I like to roast art, but that comes from a place of knowing it and loving it. So it's like, I've been saying that this video is, Um, John Candy does Barbara Hammer. Like, it's like you have to, I love, like, really basic comedy. Uncle Buck and, like, Christopher Guest. And I love, like, you know, feminist and queer video and performance art. Like, I wrote my thesis on Ryan Tricartan. Oh, nice. like, I know, like, I feel like I know the work that would make sense for me to be, like, around and participate with. But I have a hard time taking myself very seriously at something for very long. Like, I'm so that artist is amateur person. That's like, I think I'll open a restaurant
2: right
0: (laughs) now, even though I hate cooking.
2: Well, (laughs) it seems like, though, it makes sense to be interested in... A history of like queer performance in video and just the relationship between queer culture and camp in general in this ability to kind of like be over the top and really funny. I mean, yeah. Ryan trecarton stuff is hilarious um, and also really dark and fucked up, but... That that makes a lot of sense to kind of pull from that because, you know, there's the kind of, uh, I guess, like proud boy mentality that like, oh, if someone is a feminist, they're not funny. And then it's like, mm-hmm. like quite quite the opposite. Like people have an insanely good sense of humor when they have to deal with a barrage of shit constantly. They actually, <laughs> they actually have a pretty good sense of humor about themselves. They just maybe don't like it when you make fun of them, you know?
0: Right. I was, I mean, I don't know if I should I blow up my spot. I will. Lily, Murata and I have and I have been talking for a while about making a I like roasting Eileen Miles and Chris Krauss. And we've been writing this like fake East Village seventies like <laughs> self aggrandizing, like talking basically just like us talking about all the hundreds of women that we fucked. And like the craziness of just like sex and road trips and forests and Forests. <laughs> cool. And uh-huh. like I just want it to be like uh-huh. no bras, like ribbed white tank in a forest. It was just like me and seven gender queer butches in the background, <laughs> and I'm like constantly talking about how like the the now sucks, but like imagine Avenue A in 1982, and it's like. <laughs>
2: I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. That's cool. Like, well, maybe I, no, you going come. to the wing
0: it's and talking about how wing. awesome 1982 was <laughs> in the East Village is a little bit like, yeah, maybe it would be fine if. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I, I think, but that speaks to what you said just a little bit ago about this. Like, to roast something is, and I've talked about this on probably many podcast episodes, but that's, I mean, that's what satire is versus making right. fun of something. Like, you have a, you're invested in it and have a care and a love enough of it to pull out the stuff that's really funny or poke holes in it or be like, to be able to take the piss out of it while still appreciating like whatever its impact has been on the culture that's around you. But yeah, I think it's God, I don't, well, I don't live in New York anymore, but I really didn't want to hear anybody else who was born in the sixties. Tell me what New York was like in the seventies or eighties. I really, when they were like, "You don't know what the East Village was like in 1978, man." I'm like, "I don't know what anything was like in <laughs> 1978. I wasn't alive." So, so
0: two thoughts. One is yeah. I didn't. This didn't occur to me until now. Okay. But the title of my senior this is exclusive. Yeah. The title <laughs> of my senior thesis from 2009 was. Uh-huh. Abject Internet, the new natural, an analysis really? of Brian Giacartin. Yeah,
2: nice. So
0: I was like, because I was writing about Julia Kristeva and like, you know, the Internet and the new and new natural, and then I was also thinking about, oh, somebody was talking to me about these terms, a shade versus a read, which mm. I don't, you know, I don't know well enough to like totally understand it but i do think that like a read is a little bit like i mean maybe i shouldn't i i'm not an expert but a read is a little bit like reading somebody like kind of and that means you'd have to like know somebody and i Mm. think like that's why like the ultimate sign of like being loved by your community would be to have like a roast on comedy central because you're just like so loved like ubiquitously loved that like it would just be amazing to watch you get made fun of yeah <laughs> like you must have so much specificity that it's like worth roasting you or that there's things that strangers could say about you yeah because they just get you
2: yeah there are enough particulars or they take the time yeah because it takes it takes a lot of um i mean you can do a roast of somebody where you're just being a dick too right
0: but, <laughs> but is that a roast that's no, almost just I mean, like that's, no like a being good a roast. Dick. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah no a good roast is you have to really understand kind of the intricacies and the paradoxes of the person and be able to pull those things out in a really specific way. So you have to be like studied. You have to have, I think, like affection for the person to effectively roast them. I mean, I'm sure there's people that they bring on to like a Comedy Central roast who that isn't the case, but I I think of a roast as like kind of a, like very like sibling-like almost you Mm -hmm. know like there's like a familial aspect to it of ribbing that even if you're being so mean (laughs) like (laughs) it's it's coming from a really genuine place you know
0: (laughs) yeah Um, i wish i could remember what this this comedian is that it's like the one that they're like they're always like he's the worst comedian because he's just like he did a roast where he was just like this guy's so ugly you couldn't he has like a really annoying voice but it's like his roast of the person was actually so not specific that that was the joke oh is it
2: norm mcdonald yeah yes i think it was norm um yeah so you're from chicago right shout out to the midwest
0: yes um three
2: do you know why there are so many funny people from chicago
0: name three that you're thinking about
2: name three that i'm thinking about uh right off the top of my head uh sarah sherman is from chicago she's really funny sarah squirm uh believe jabuki young white is from chicago or the surrounding area somewhere around there who else is from chicago there's all kinds of comedians from totally i don't know tons of people that i meet they're just like goofily funny yeah and and i think it's because i think it's because they're from the midwest but i'm biased
0: yeah, you're from Traverse City. Do you think people are funny in Michigan?
2: Uh, not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Right. I'm sure. That I guess there are.
0: my guess a there's like actually like if I'm thinking about a lot of people that want to do comedy, but they're actually so exhausted by New York or mm. L.A. or whatever. I'm like Chicago has Second City. It has Improv Olympic. It has like too much light makes the baby go blind like it actually has like a bunch of things that are good places to learn how to do comedy and it's not a million dollars and people are chill
2: yeah like
0: cameron esposito is there there's this really funny person yeah i'm not good with names obviously whatever i follow her on facebook she does all this really good stand-up about like being an asl interpreter
2: um (laughs) it's pretty specific
0: yeah i feel like It's also, it's fucking freezing. Yeah. Which just helps you kind of like be frozen into like trying to sum up something positive.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to use the energy and the caloric kind of work to speak, you should have something like worthwhile to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then if you can make people laugh, it'll maybe it'll warm them up a little bit.
0: (laughs) Right. Definitely, you know, there's a lot of gobbling. I mean, I would also say people in Chicago like, in a in a general sense, like are not funny, and that's <laughs> why there are so many funny people.
2: Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, that makes sense. It's like, it's like it's like a genre of music. Like most of it's bad, but the stuff that's good, good, is like it's really good.
0: Ugh, pops, yeah. I think actually Uncle Buck is is shot and it's about Chicago.
2: Yeah, there was that's like a I've been I've been wanting to I'm not going to write it because I I don't know anything about it, but I have. I have this thing where I think about how all of these comedies from like the 80s and the early 90s, like really Chicago was a site, like it was a city, like uh, didn't, weren't they from Chicago and Home Alone? Uh-huh. Um, like all these movies take place in Chicago is like this city or something like that. And then, and then they just stopped doing that for some reason, <laughs> like. They were just like, "Eh, no, we're not going to do Chicago (laughs) anymore. Um, And so I suspect, and I'm just, I'm formulating this uh, theory now off right off the top of my head, but I suspect that then a generation of people who were raised watching those movies and got their comedic tastes from them who were from Chicago felt you know, kind of like shorted because all of a sudden Chicago wasn't important. Then they had to, then they got a chip on their shoulder and they had to be really funny to kind of like take it home, you know, and be, be better than people in New York or LA.
0: Yeah. Chicago really, it's very, um, like a loyalist city.
2: Yeah, so it's like really Cubs, just like,
0: why, I mean... why are you moving? Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. it's not what
0: it's not the kind of like, I feel like people leave New York and I'm always like, bye. Like,
2: yeah. Maybe
0: rent will get cheaper. I don't know. Bye. Yeah, Chicago's yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? what's your problem? <laughs>
2: I'm like, No, that's, well... that's interesting. I can, I can see that when I left, when I left New York, I mean, I, I suppose some people were surprised, but at the same time, the general sense was like, oh, well, of course, like, get out of here. You know, like, run, yeah. and go live somewhere else. But yeah, if I had left Chicago, I feel like people would have, especially if I would moved to like New York or L.A., people would have been like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, really?
0: <laughs> it's got like, it's what like real have? disappointment.
2: <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, "Chicago's just New York. It's cleaner. That's what everybody yeah, says. Um, but like, you, it's
0: absolutely not.
2: You didn't only spend time in Chicago, though, because I understand you spent some time in northern Michigan. Is that correct? Yeah. In my old stomping grounds? Yeah where were you family
0: my family goes to Glen lake every year for they go for three weeks um i go for
2: one week a family or like relatives too
0: it's my mom my dad my sister my brother my sister's husband andy and then my brothers shout out to andy haywood (laughs) um my he's cool he and i went to high school together he's a year older than me and mm. he was always, like, the badass kid in a long camel hair coat reading the Koran and not doing his homework. Excuse me? <laughs> you
2: know the one. That's his genre? <laughs> it's kind of like a...
0: So we go with my family, and then my brother brings, like, his very best two best friends, Jared and Martin. Um, <clears throat> okay. And they just hotbox one of the cabins. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, have been doing so for a while. <laughs> And then we bring my mom's best friend Mary Lee. Okay. And her husband Chris, who she got married to after divorce was my dad's friend from his soccer team. Okay. Um and then their kids Katie and Frank and then Katie's South African husband who proposed to her at Glen Lake and we have a motorboat and we go wake surfing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. Have you ever done water sports on Glen Lake?
2: I probably have. Yes. No. I know I have because my friend's family had a cabin there, and I know they had a boat. I bet I went tubing and water skiing. Probably, maybe even tubing wakeboarding.
0: Is a comedy sport.
2: Yeah. No, it's tubing the- is pure slapstick. I love. Yeah. I love to tube. I love to tube with noobs. Does that make sense? Like. Yes. Um, my so my family does a. We go to the Upper Peninsula every year for. I'm thirty six so we've been it they've been doing it since i was born so for 36 consecutive UP. years like this town that's east of the bridge um i don't want to blow it up uh because i don't want anybody to kill my family while they're there but is it let's does just it say, rhyme with peterville let's just say that there is a town very close to it where they're known for their wooden boats handcrafted wooden boats uh don't worry, you're not going to figure it out. You can look it up later. But You don't uh, think
0: it's Cedarville?
2: <clears throat> shut up. Uh, <laughs> it's very, it's very close. The, the, the wood boat town is Hessel. <laughs> but yeah, Cedarville is the closest town.
0: <laughs> because my friends, my friends own half an island in Cedarville and they have a boat from World War II.
2: Jesus. Yeah, that sounds very, very there. But
0: Cigar Town. Okay.
2: Sorry. The other the other summer, um my girlfriend came I don't go to every family reunion. It's to it's my entire extended family for a week on my mom's side every year. Um most people I don't go. think that's
0: a family reunion.
2: Yeah. Everybody If you do it every year, it's just
0: a vacation.
2: Well, I don't know, what is the timeline for a reunion? You know, like Five, they reunite ten. annually. <laughs> Don't let don't let the high school timeline of when to get together dictate relationships. But so we go, they go every summer. And the other summer, um, I brought my girlfriend up there and she grew up in Tucson. So she clearly had never been tubing. And then I took mm. her on it and she was just like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, hold on, it's fun. And it's just like, <laughs> I forget that like as an adult, it's like, you're just, I mean, it's a very masochistic endeavor. Like you're just you're beating the shit out of your body and I guess when you're like 12 and you're made of rubber you can bounce up and down on a wake behind a boat and it's not a big deal but when you're like 30 that really t- like I had bruises I think on my <laughs> arms from like holding onto the tube and I was just like well that was um, that was interesting but um, I always
0: felt like tubing was when you're just like you like strap in and yeah. you're ready to swear you're like I'm gonna yeah, say fuck I'm gonna say <laughs> shit I'm gonna- <laughs>
2: And you think you're being cool because it's like the motor so loud, but it's a lake. So everybody on shore can hear everything that you're saying <laughs> like, with absolute clarity. Um, but enough about Northern Michigan. Let's get real here. You've currently got a okay. solo exhibition, Group Fail Pony Play, at Leslie Lohman Museum's Living Room Gallery on Wooster mm-hmm. Street in Manhattan.
0: In New Manhattan. York,
2: New York, baby. This is not some bullshit Brooklyn project space. I'm just kidding. Uh, would you be so kind as to describe the exhibition for people who are listening? Like what the what some of the work is that's included in it, and kind of the general vibe. What's the theme? What's going on?
0: Cool. Um. So there are so many media mediums.
2: Uh, Myri- there's myriad media. A would you
0: myriad say? of media. There are ceramic sculptures. Um. Yeah. Of sort of. Gender queer bodies like with holes for glass flowers that are inside their butts, and like, <laughs> um, like, <laughs> like strap ons <laughs> with flowers coming out of them, and tattoos that say fail. Um, those are the sculptures. The ceramics, oh, there's like a big devil with a single, um, with pigtails, but there's horse hair coming out of one of them and it has like a rose tongue ring and then um there are oil paintings of like a kind of a farm girl with water coming out of her cunt that's like spilling out into another painting that's of a tribeca mom in a fur coat drinking starbucks and talking to my grandmother while the water is drowning a sculpture talking to your grandmother talking to my grandma Bert. Okay. From Louisville, Kentucky. <clears throat> Doxing Bert. <laughs> uh, those are some oil paintings I made. I make the ceramics at this ceramic studio in Tribeca that's like old Tribeca vibes. Um, In a shortened version, Tribeca owns me. But old Tribeca <laughs> owns me at the ceramic studio. And then um, the paintings I made in Kingston, New York, upstate. Okay. At this residency, Oi Oi, that's... Um, its own long, fun story, and then, um, there are quilts. One of that they're all hand sewn. One of them's completely black on one side, and the other one's very colorful. And the the black quilt I made started making right after the election, and then the colored quilt I made when I was last in Michigan. Um, and then there's a video shot in slow motion of myself riding a barely trained horse topless in pink leather chaps and a butt-length white wig um in north carolina and i was wondering where
2: that video is from yeah it's called power bottom right
0: power bottom yeah because the person that was whose horse it was was this person lily who um was talking to me throughout the process about like basically just training me how to top this horse and like I started talking to her about how much it felt like the dynamic of like a top and a bottom. Is it and called she was like,
2: topping the horse? No, like but she was vocabulary? like, you can't let
0: her move an inch okay. if you let her okay. move an inch. And then I was like, wow. I mean, she yeah. seems like she's <laughs> such a bossy bottom. Like I'm telling her what to do, but she's trying to push back. And she was like, oh, I'm definitely the top. And it like did... became the dynamic. Yeah.
2: That's, that's cool. So is that video, because you... You know, as as we both know, unless this show travels to Texas, I'm not going to get to see it. I've gotten to see Instagram photos of it and things like that. But you were yeah. kind enough to share with me a link to watch the video. And is that, um, is that kind of like the centerpiece? Does the rest of the work kind of like work around that or how how is that video in the gallery because i mean you you did a nice job describing it and it's i, I also want to point out that you do have uh, a matching choker and bracelet i think that go yeah, with the that's chaps true. um yeah. some turquoise boots
0: yes those are from texas
2: are they yeah yeah and, and those are from matching Fort jewelry Davis. too so the yeah the look is very good it's kind of these maybe slightly slowed down shots of you kind of riding, it's not like slow mo, like Braveheart riding into battle or something, but it's a little, a little slowed down, and it's these kind of long shots and scored by um, Lily. Is that the the trainer's name? Sort of mm-hmm. just kind of talking out as you're saying what's going on, and how is it exhibited? Exhibited in the space, like how is that represented in the gallery itself?
0: It's it's on a monitor that like a I don't know thirty inch monitor regular size um kind of i think i imagined when i was like when i first made a drawing of it i imagined it was going to be projected on this one wall and like take over an entire wall and that's be what the, I, like
2: that's what i assumed it was doing so this yeah. is interesting though that it's on a monitor it
0: well, probably looks I... better
2: on a monitor honestly exactly
0: and like i it just is so gorgeous like the slow-mo that i couldn't i couldn't accept like the the projection just felt like it wasn't gonna you know it's like the the gallery is right in the front there's a lot of light coming in yeah i really wanted it to like be crisp so it actually in some ways feels like if you go into a spa because Uh i want the space is supposed to feel like a kind of a queer utopia like a place you can sit a place you could have a tender date like a place that you could relax and then also like a sexy place and a colorful place and an ameliorative place so i feel like the video ends up being almost like the music you hear at a spa yeah. um and the centerpiece ends up being this like six foot diameter circle bench that i made that's like has a huge um rug that i machine tufted on top And that is like sort of the it it's like a con is it called a condo?
2: The condo?
0: That doesn't sound right, you're right, but what are those those paintings that are a circle?
2: Oh, I don't know.
0: A tondo. It's called a tondo. You know, like (laughs) it feels like that. Like it's like
2: does that have the name of the show in the? Um, yeah, I saw a picture of that. Okay, yeah, cool. So that's more the centerpiece. All right, yeah, it ends up. Yeah, got it. Okay, I like that though. I think that's smart because the colors in the video seem so important. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you you do a big projection of that, especially with any natural light, you're gonna you're gonna lose all of the quality of the video. Yeah, plus it's kind of nice. You got a little space that people can come in to go on a date. It's quiet. <laughs> it's sexy. It's these things you got to have the TV there just to kind of like take up the first 15 minutes, right? You know. You <laughs> and it
0: is just like my boobs are, I really wanted to make a video of like, <laughs> Barbara Hammer had a solo exhibition there about a year ago, which was actually the first time I'd been to the museum. Ironically, because I used to have my first job, my first paid job in New York was across the street. Um, and it was like the worst job of my life. And <laughs> I never went in there and I never knew it was, there like i never knew what it was and uh, i went to barbara Barbara hammer's show a year ago and i saw another film thing at metrograph a few months ago that just like this idea of kind of like super eight videos of lesbians topless riding horses it's like a.l steiner like a very like ethereal Mm -hmm. kind of lesbian film that's like so special to see when you're queer to like get to see any celebration of queerness but like For that reason, I want to. I feel like I'm poised to roast it because I'm like, it's okay for us to want it and make fun of it at the same time.
2: Yeah. And (laughs) so that's this is earlier you were referring to the Barbara Hammer meets John Candy. And that's this comes to life in this video piece of you sort of riding this barely trained horse. Are are you have you done equine work in the past? (laughs) Was this your first time riding a horse? I don't know anything about horses. So. I, it, no, it I've ridden a lot of horses. Oh, really? really? Okay, it does kind of. I think I was on one once. Uh-huh. I have like a foggy memory of my early twenties. I think I was on one on a beach, but
0: that sounds nice. I
2: don't. Um, they're really scary, and you know, I have this friend. He lives in Los Angeles. He's a he is a filmmaker now, but he was a performance artist, um, and he's from Bald Knob, Arkansas. And he grew up on a farm and he made a video of him trying to, um, it's this video where he's breaking a horse. It's just kind of like, this is how you break a horse. Um, and he gets, uh, extremely injured in the video. So especially ever since then, I've just been like, like
0: extremely, like,
2: like riding the horse at like bareback, um, going very, very fast and the horse runs under a tree and the branch is extremely low, and he can't get the horse to stop. And if he throws himself off the horse, you know he'll probably whatever. And it smashes him in the face, and just like cr- like knocks him off the horse. And he's just like, I guess he had spinal fluid coming out of his nose or something for a day, and was very very injured. So yeah, they're a little horses are a little spooky to me. You know, <laughs> a mysterious beast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I um. My Bert, you know, Grandma Bert is from Louisville. So I horseback ridden there. And then okay. we go sometimes to Circle Z Ranch in Patagonia, Arizona. Ooh. Um, And that'll be like a full week of just six hours a day just on a horse you might have, like.
2: Just roaming.
0: You just roam. You go on like long hikes. You go up mountains. You go, it's state. It's tyrant.
2: Sounds cool. Chasing. As shit. Chafing,
0: yeah. So much. You put moleskin at, at the in the inside of your thighs to try to chafe a little less because it, damn, it's uncomfortable. Uh huh. Yeah, I've done it, but this horse was a real bitch.
2: Really? What was the <laughs> horse's name? It's okay. The horse's
0: said- name was Dixie.
2: Okay, you said you weren't good with names, so it's okay if you don't remember.
0: I remember the name. I just—it's unfortunate that the horse's name was Dixie, and um, and I, yeah, I didn't really know what to do with that, so I kind of just deleted that because I didn't like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but she said it came with that name, and it's bad luck to change a horse's name.
2: Hmm. So she didn't. What if you give the horse um, like an alias? Yeah, it's like
0: Dixie, aka Bossy Bottom.
2: Yeah, nickname. Yeah, that could be pretty cool. Uh, uh, Yeah, for the other works in the shows besides the video, which is you know has this performative element to it, are there for you when you're making things? Is there are there any parallels between when you're kind of like? thinking of something more performatively that has to do with the body and existing in space versus when you're kind of like molding ceramics or weaving a rug or sorry, uh, putting a quilt together or something like that. Are you in the same mind space or do you compartmentalize these things pretty differently? Is, is studio making different for you than coming up with something that involves you physically in the work?
0: Mm. I think that like my life at this point is such a ridiculous, uh like cobbling together of activities that it's just they have to overlap and it's inevitable um because like for example the most recent sad girls is actually called mad girls and it's a fake uh survivor like it's a reality tv of sort of a survivor type show and uh-huh. my character Jan in that is based off a person Jane who is a ceramicist at my ceramic studio where I make all these sculptures. (laughs) So, like, I'll often, like, be writing notes on my iPhone while I'm making the sculptures. And so I'm, like, kind of in both places at once. Mm. Um, Or, like, I've done a lot of improv movement with this person, Julia Crockett or Mariana Valencia. And um, it's, like, that stuff is going to inform the shapes that these sculptures are doing. Mm But I'm not – I think I've, like, come – I've definitely been in a cerebral place with, like, the body, but I'm not in that space right now. I'm more, like, just constantly doing research, and then, like, when I improvise, hoping that all that specificity will just come out. Um, Yeah.
2: You did a – I think, well, so the day that we're recording this, it would have been last night that – You and uh, Lily (laughs) did queer speed cruising um, at the exhibition. So what was that all about? Tell me about queer speed cruising. How queer was it?
0: It was super queer. Good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is the second time we've done it. Uh I'm like pretty obsessed with the idea that like, I've read one academic article, which was all I could find, from, like, 2009, Uh about lesbian cruising. But, like, in general, cruising is something that's, like, been historically limited. Not that it only happens to cis gay men, but, like, it's the word used to describe what gay men do at, like, bathhouses or piers
2: or whatever. Sure, it connotes a very specific thing in people's mind. Yeah, it's yeah. like
0: you make eyes with another gay man and then you go and like fuck on a pier and then you leave and you never say a word. And lesbians are like known for just like immediately U hauling. That's like the vibe that, or that's the
2: excuse me. Lesbians,
0: there's like jokes about lesbians that they, the second date she brings a U haul. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: I didn't know that. That's cool. You didn't know that? No, I mean, it's not that's... cool, but you know. <laughs> wow. It took I can't me a minute. That's the... It took me a minute to get it, but to get it, I yeah. I get it. I get it. Okay. So okay. So what is I mean, what kind of what what genres of cruising are going on at this event?
0: Well, I really want I really want to open IRL spaces. Like there's this thing personals that's happening right now, which mm-hmm. is like a fifty thousand person following like kind of an Instagram that's um like queer people are posting personals like you would in the back of a newspaper in 1990. Oh, I and read
2: about it. it they don't yeah. have photos, right? It's no just photos text. It's just yeah, text yeah, yeah. and it's like formatted
0: that. to look very vintage. Mm-hmm. Um so this is like the the first time we did it was because there was a party for that and we wanted I wanted to like we I wanted to stage something like in person, a version of this in person. So the thing that it is it is speed dating. Like, it's set up where we're, like, at the one last night, we had a person in, like, a referee. We call them the therapist referee. And they're, like, in a soccer referee uniform with a flag and a whistle. And every two minutes,
2: uh-huh.
0: people are rotating. So it's, like, classic speed dating in that yeah. sense. Um, But I think what makes it queer is not just that everybody that's attending would consider themselves queer. But that, like, you're cruising for more than a relationship or sex. You could be cruising for a sublet or a job yeah, or yeah, a yeah. skillshare. Um,
2: the many genres of possible yeah. connections. Yeah. I like that. Which
0: is what queer people are always doing. Like they don't have as much access maybe to like a consistent a year job. So they're always like stringing together gigs and sublets and like cat sitters and like barters and trades and like every space is a space to make that possible.
2: Yeah. And trying to make sure that the spaces that they're entering, especially for living spaces and things like that, that those are going to be spaces that they can inhabit without being worried. Like, so obviously there's going to be this word of mouth kind of connection thing going on or being done on social media. It's cool to think about just like producing the event where like, let's do like queer housing on Facebook, but IRL. Exactly. Cool. How many, uh, how many folks came out? Was it a good turnout?
0: It was like 50 people, about 50 people. That's a
2: good speed dating setup. I feel like. Yeah. And for 6 PM on a Tuesday, 6 PM on a Tuesday. (laughs) That's a lot of people cruising, yeah. That's
1: a lot of people <laughs> cruising
2: at 6 p.m. Uh,
0: yeah, it was also a sober event because it was in a museum. Um, so that was an extra element where it's like, wow, y'all are pulling... You, y'all you are are thirsty for something. And <laughs> I appreciate that because I am also uh, constantly thirsting.
2: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and what's your... What's your collaborative stuff with, do you, do you collaborate with Lily outside of that? I mean, I, I follow Lily on Twitter and stuff, so I'm just curious, what, what else, have you two done other things together?
0: Yeah. We, yeah? We teach improv together.
2: Teach improv together. Yes. Cool.
0: We teach, we started teaching this, this class called Queer Art of Improv, and then now we like, or the last one we did was, actually the last one we did was at Century 21 Shopping.
2: Whoa. Store? Okay.
0: <laughs> Department store?
2: Like a team building thing.
0: No, like... No. <laughs> we, like, went throughout the the store, like, with a class and, like, <laughs> would be like, okay, okay, like, five minutes, everybody grab looks and then come back and we're going to pretend that we're a Buffalo... Or we're going to pretend we're at Beacon's Closet trying to sell these to somebody. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And we did a food and beverage one, too. Was kitchen that, Confidential.
2: Was... Was that the thing that you did in Brian Balot's People Pie Pool?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was the first one. Got it. Okay.
2: That's cool. That makes sense. Yeah, that was, uh, I think you're the, well, Brian's been on the pod before, uh, and so he's he is the person who orchestrated that whole thing, but also uh, Jennifer Sullivan, who is one of the comedians with me, so now four of us who've been involved in it have been, well, I'm on every episode, but (laughs) (laughs) three Three people from it have been on it. So that's really cool. And I like that we were passing again, like ships in the night in the sort of Byzantine back corners of Abrams (laughs) where like, because everybody's section was so short, um, I didn't get to see like any of the performance. I think I snuck up to the balcony at one point and saw something happen. But then the rest of the time I was sitting down in the basement. But, you know, very fun.
0: You know... Something that came out of that for me is that someone who's been taking my class for several semesters now since that performance and built me the the pedestal that's in my show is Riley Horan, the red-haired, long-haired, butch-slash-empathetic stage manager of
2: that production. Whoa, cool. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. Wait, I think, was Riley doing call times for people and stuff?
0: I feel like if, were you there for the, there was like this... Butch in black car hearts, fully strapped in, just kind of sitting, chilling on the stage. So, like, such a empathetic, communicative presence.
2: Oh, man. Red hair. I'm trying to remember. I don't I know. Probably. I'm trying to remember who. I just know that there was somebody, and maybe it was Riley, that, well, I got stuck on the trains before a rehearsal and was, like, sending profusely. <gasps> I was just, like, profusely apologizing via email when I got service, just be like, I'm so sorry I'm stuck underground. I know I'm supposed to be there, <laughs> Cuomo's MTA, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh who are Los Thumbelinas?
0: Lost Thumbelinas is a band. I, you know, who knows if when a band ends because we never sure. officially ended the band, right? Yeah, um we're a band or a troupe that was improvising music in 2012 and one of the people in the band both of them i went to college with um and one of them dan sanders the curator or co-curator of my show right now so i always felt like our like we were kind of like insanely genius for Mm -hmm. never doing a live show never sharing our work with anybody never releasing an album just meeting up and making up these Genius Genius song. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah A performance for no one I like that Really? I think it's bold <laughs> Well, would it be okay with you If we take a quick break And hear What Went Wrong By Los Thumbelinas?
0: Yes, please Okay,
2: so I'll be right back With more Alex Schmidt And this is What Went Wrong By Los Thumbelinas
1: Doesn't make no sense Pointing the finger you might as well have been pointing at me no matter how we baked it, no matter how we break it, don't you wonder?
2: Uh, if you're just joining us, which doesn't make any sense because this is a podcast, <laughs> that was What Went Wrong by Las Thumbelinas, a musical project by artist Alex Schmidt, who's my guest today on Human the Abject. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, so, Alex, you mentioned this previously, but in addition to doing like comedic performance video work and making studio work and things like that you you do improv and you've taken improv classes but you've also taught it um you talked a little bit about queer art of improv before we went into this break um and i know that you've done different workshops and one that sounded really exciting to me was i was reading about through the brooklyn arts council the residency program is called Sukasa. Mm-hmm. is that right and you were doing improv workshops for seniors in the Bed-Stuy neighborhood. Um, could you tell me a little bit about that experience? I saw some pics on like the Brooklyn Art Council's website. They had written about it. It looked amazing.
0: It was really quite special. Um, I live, I'm going to say, because I'm assuming a lot of people that, whatever, are listening to this are from New York and maybe you're not, but I live on Green and Throop. This this senior center is on Green and Marcy. So it's literally two blocks away from my house. And uh-huh. I've lived here for six or seven years and have always passed this building and seen this like circular window with plants in it. It's very sort of like mid-century, mid-century modern institutional architecture vibes. And I always was like, that window is special. And then... I applied for this residency, which is kind of like a lot of residencies where you're like, this isn't a residency. This is a job. This is, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no studio space. You're just paying me a really decent amount to do whatever I want. Um, Teacher in residence. Yeah. It's like, that's (laughs) that's just a teaching job. But um, I was excited about it. And it was like, um, I went to the basement of a senior center, which was sort of has Baptist backgrounds. Like it was kind of founded by a church called Concord that it seems to have like a very tight grasp on the neighborhood. And then um, every day would like show up a half an hour early and recruit at lunch because a lot of people would forget or like if they were sort of personally recruited would come. Um, And for six months I was teaching senior citizens improv comedy
2: Um, that's so cool
0: yeah it was really cool what
2: did they get into it
0: yeah like i bet (laughs) there was kind of a cult by the end of it there was sort of like a core following
2: Uh
0: um which was like miss mary phyllis arlene um and they had like there were more but you know miss mclean like these people would come every week uh-huh. And then there was sort of always like a rotating cast of kind of the bit characters that might pop in and uh-huh. fade out and like th- everybody was you don't really it was kind of nice to have this like core troop that could sort of explain yeah, yeah. things and then like all these like this cast of wild ca- like wild cards that would just like show up and be like I don't understand what this is and we're like that's fine it's good. <laughs>
2: there's no point yeah there's no (laughs) point
0: we're just trying to like get some laughter therapy and like make fun of the customer service department
2: oh my god it's cool did they perform for uh, like each other or audiences or anything or was it kind of like just a just like a class that was for itself
0: about like midway through i brought in my queer art of improv students and they performed for the seniors and then like i really started being like i think you guys are good enough to perform i really think we should have a performance i think we should have a final show and then we did do that and they like there is a stage in there and they performed like 10 or 12 of them for the entire center um that's so cool yeah and they were so proud and it was so cute like i can't (laughs) they're so cute and i made them these books with like photos all those photos you saw were taken by this person eli durst who lives in austin he's a photographer
1: Mm.
0: um and he yeah he took all these photos and so i put them in like i made them a book with like monologues that a lot of times i'll play this game called monologues where um One person starts telling a story, and then as soon as somebody else gets an idea, they, like, tag that person out. So it's, like, Uh you have permission to interrupt and just free associate. And uh, I transcribed all those monologues for their books. and, And when I gave them these books, they all insisted that I, like, write a note in theirs, like it was a high school yearbook.
2: That's cool. Yeah.
0: They were so cute. I can't. Yeah. I'm excited to apply for that again and hopefully just go back and do something else
2: that's really cool and so i mean but amazing too because you created this document or this archive of what happens that they have this object that because you know performance and improv is so ephemeral and then to have this kind of like thing that that is a document of what they did i bet that's really Kind of amazing. That's super cool, and you get to have one too. I'm sure. I hope you kept a copy yeah, for yourself.
0: <laughs> they were made by one of those places like Snapfish, Mixbook, where you're like,
2: cool. <laughs> your Lulu. aunt is using that yeah. service. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Print on demand. Yes. Kind of deal. That's cool. Yeah. So you've got a. Uh, you have another event coming up that uh, I want to make sure that people know about at the show, mm-hmm. and it is Thursday, October twenty fifth yes is that correct yes okay what what is is the what is the event that's coming up tell me about it
0: it is a pen pal matching and orientation event for black and pink which is um a family network of lgbtqi um, prisoners and allies that support them i started doing this work through partner that i had a couple years ago no longer do but they introduced me to it and it's this really cool organization that sends a newsletter to um prisoners all over the country and it's kind of like it's there's a lot of prisons don't allow prisoner to prisoner mail or contact Mm. so this is like a space where people are submitting like letters to the community art um stories erotica that's distributed to everybody and then the organization's also um pairing up like what they call outside members so people who are not incarcerated and inside members pairing them up so that they can exchange letters um since a lot of people as you can imagine lgbtqi plus people behind bars are treated really horribly and might not have yeah. anybody on the outside that's looking out for them. Um so for for some of these people, especially those in solitary confinement, this is the only contact they're having. On wow. A so people daily can basis. come
2: to the gallery space and they can get involved and they can sign up to become a pen pal with somebody.
0: Yeah, and the orientation is like just learn more about the organization, maybe like
2: uh-huh.
0: get a sense of what that might look like. Everybody has a lot of questions like Do I feel comfortable having mail sent to my apartment? Or like, what is how many letters am I supposed to send? What if they want to Mm -hmm. date me? Uh, You know, like, all those things are things people have been working through across the country through this organization for a long time. So this is like a place where you could go and someone will hold your hand through the process. And you also just get to like, get in touch with us and learn more about the work. Which, yeah, I think like, for me, anybody who's, like, has the power to express their body freely, which is, like, to be a comedian and get to, like, fail publicly or to be a performance artist and, like, move my body around and do whatever I want and put it anywhere, it's just, like, a. it feels really important to fight for people that have – it's hard to even conceive of what it must be like to, like, have no autonomy over how you can use your body like you can't yeah. have sex you or like you're not supposed to you know you can't yeah, yeah. eat what you want to eat you can't move when you want to move you can't go outside those kinds of things like it feels important to at least like become aware of them when you can fight to try to stop yeah. it <laughs> yeah.
2: well, and it seems like i mean in terms of the in terms of the scope of the show and the themes that are going on in it it seems like a really interesting kind of sort of parallel programming to be doing. I mean, nothing against, you know, just just throwing a comedy show or something. I mean, that's totally. great. I love going to see a comedy show or something, but interesting to use the space and the time to kind of like both incorporate your own interests but also things that kind of have some community outside of the community, national community impact on people. Um, and an opportunity for people to go because I I imagine that people aren't presented a lot with the opportunity to uh connect with people that can tell them sort of like best practices for if you want to get involved in something like this like you go and you can talk to the people who are experts on it because they've been doing it so
0: yeah totally i think like i, I if this podcast is any like indication i'm like a programming hoe like i'm really non-stop programming <laughs> and uh not programming computers but running sort of like a community a queer community center in my brain and yeah that's like of course there's like the gay and lesbian center or you know but there are very few dyke bars left in the country and so i really like to take the opportunity when i'm given it to like use spaces as pop-up dyke bars where i'm like we have this space let's like do the work that we would do if we had you know like Almost every bar is... There's just thousands of bars that are, like, straight bars in the city. And then Mm -hmm. there's, like, literally two dyke bars that I know of in Manhattan. I'm like, it just seems important to kind of support your community when you have the space, when you have the time, especially when you're like, this feels like a huge opportunity for me, the show. Like, I feel like I want to always balance that out within my
2: community in new york where space is at such a premium um yeah it makes no sense for anybody who's listening outside of new york it's probably actually surprising to hear the like lack of spaces like it's talking about like the lack of dyke bars that are in new york like that would blow somebody's mind who lives in like kansas city because it's like what do you mean wouldn't there be a ton there yeah like you would just assume so uh yeah i guess the you know the reality is very different than than kind of like the perception so it does seem important to create those spaces especially when you're given the opportunity to be like hey you want this space for a month yeah <laughs> and to turn the pro, well do to do programming that you know kind of focuses around that yeah cool well so i want to encourage everybody to a check out the show b if you're free and interested check out the event on october 25th at group fail pony play um alex schmidt it's been really wonderful getting to talk to you about all of your work about all of your background about northern michigan love talking about it um <laughs> thank you so, love thanks cherries. so much for joining me thank yeah, you so much um, for having me yeah and to everybody out there thanks for listening we'll catch you next week
1: direction no i don't mind
0: I don't think I mind of a girl like you.
1: No, I don't really mind.
0: I've been dreaming of a girl I don't like you. I don't mind. I get it. I've been dreaming of Actually, a girl. Actually, like I get it. <laughs> I really, 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 really of get a girl it. I like you. <gasps> I
1: get
0: it! I've been dreaming you and her and him too. Of a girl like you I get it! I've been dreaming Of a girl like you I've
1: been dreaming Of a girl like you I've been dreaming Of a girl Like you but can you do this? I've been dreaming of a girl like you. Can you do this?
0: I've been dreaming of a girl
1: like you. Can you do this? Will he do this? Really? I've been dreaming of a girl like you.